This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. The Preston Bradley Center has been a staple of the Uptown community for decades. It was founded in 1925 and has served as a Unitarian church, a homeless shelter, even an art gallery. But in recent years, the building fell into disrepair. Word was the building might be demolished. That's when a former resident of the neighborhood stepped in bought the center and came up with a plan to give it a new life. In this installment of our series, What's That Building?, we dive into the history of the Preston Bradley Center, and we look ahead to its future. Our guide, as always, is our architectural investigator, Dennis Rotkin of Crane's Chicago Business. Hey, Dennis. Hi, Sasha. How are you? <laughs> Doing well. I love how your title just keeps changing week by week. <laughs> week, by week. Um, give us a sense, though, of, of where this building is in Uptown, and just describe it for us. Uh, it's in the 900 block of Lawrence. It is, it's just east of the big theaters people associate with Uptown. Beautiful building, six stories high, columns up the front. Um, looks like it could be more an auditorium than a church, and that's really sort of what the intention was. It was built in 1926 as a Unitarian Universalist congregation. Um, the The sanctuary, if you will, is much more of an auditorium Mm -hmm. because Preston Bradley was, he was non-sectarian. He was, it's not right to call him a showman, but he was much more, he was much more of a lecturer and a personality Uh than he was a minister. Um, Really an amazing character. We'll talk, and I think we'll talk about more, more about him later. Yeah. Well, I mean, as we mentioned, this, this building has had some fascinating uses over the years. How did the use of the building change over time? Give us more of that. Well, it hasn't really changed so much as it's been added on to. The the People's Church, which um, Preston Bradley was the head of, has owned the building since it was built. He had been with the church for several years, and then they built the the building in 1926. Um, He died in the 1970s. The, The congregation has still been there, though much smaller. It's a few dozen people now. It used to be 4,000 people. Oh, wow. Um, and, but they have brought in other uses, like the things you mentioned, the homeless shelter, the soup kitchen, uh, the gallery, uh, because it's a 15,000-square-foot building. You right. could put many uses in it. But th- that 15,000-square-foot building was beginning to lose its luster, Right. It was. Well, you know, how so, to get to that point is it was too much going on. Well, I think, you know, a congregation of 300 pe- of three dozen people doesn't have the money, doesn't generate the money that a congregation of 4000 does. And over the years, uh, it doesn't appear that they deferred maintenance the way a lot do, you know, when the roof starts to fall in, the stained glass is gone, those kinds of things. They just they kept it up, but it really it, it needed a new um, it needed a new revitalization. It needed new life. Yeah, but either way, despite the issues that were happening with the building, that space, though, was still being used by a number of different groups. By Yes, by several. By, as we said, a homeless shelter. There yeah. have been so many programs in there. As I understand it, m- more recently, there have been two congregations in there, not just the People's Church, but another. Um, it's been a very busy and vital space on Lawrence Avenue. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just joining, we are discussing the Preston Bradley Center. That's in Uptown. It's set to be refurbished so that it can continue to serve the community nearly 100 years after it was first built. This is our series, What's That Building?, where we talk about notable buildings in and around the Chicago area. And our guide, as always, is Dennis Rodkin of Crane's Chicago Business. So, Dennis, we've been talking about how this um, center's future 
was kind of looking uncertain, right? Uh, as we mentioned, someone did step in to save it. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm uh, Dr. Dan Ivankovich, uh, a.k.a. Chicago Slim, the uh, blues doctor. Okay. So he sounds like a very interesting guy, Dennis. You got to tell us more. Oh, you know, it is so interesting to trail him through this building. He's a really interesting guy. Um, His parents came to Chicago as immigrants from Croatia. They were physicians. And now he is also a physician. Came here in the late 1960s, lived only six blocks from this, from the Preston Bradley Center. Now lives elsewhere, but he's been, he and his wife Carla have been involved in, well, he's a blues musician. They've been involved in all sorts of health activism. Uh, He, as I said, is a surgeon. She's a behavioral therapist. They, they really have worked for, as Preston Bradley did, um, the underserved in the community, mm-hmm. as well as having just a thriving medical practice. So what does Dan want to do with this space? Oh, everything. <laughs> it's, and it's I think really, you mean that literally. I, I do. It's, it's interesting, to, as I said, to follow him around and hear him. He points at this space and it's going to be, they want to reopen the soup kitchen. He has the idea that this wonderful old ballroom on the top would be, uh, would house a basketball program for young women in the day and uh, exercise programs for senior citizens at other hours. He wants to have music performances on the main stage. He wants to have, uh, he has a couple of nonprofits uh, based on music that would be housed in the building. So you'd see, uh, at night you'd see music performance. In the day you'd see wellness and um, social programs. Just fill that place up is And these are some very specific ideas he's got for for yeah. the for the space. You met up with Dan. It sounds like he gave you a, a pretty cool tour of the building. You you saw all those spaces? We saw every square inch, including <laughs> the main auditorium. It's majestic. Oh wow. Like when you when you walk in and it's like a old European design. It, it's it's all wood. Now did, did you hear how we don't have reverberation in here? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's incredible. Like, when we walked in, it was reverberating in the lobby, and now we walk in here, and there's this, um, it's not booming. <laughs> so what, what does he have planned for that auditorium space? Well, the interesting thing is, because there are so many programs, he sort of sees the auditorium space being renovated last, because he calls that the ooh space, and uh-huh. he wants to do the offices where all these programs would happen first. But in that space, which is you're in an auditorium where the ceiling is 55 feet high. There are 1,300 seats on the main floor and two rows of balconies, as he said, wrapped in wood. Uh, he envisions not only health seminars and guest speakers during the day, but music at night. It's a cultural offering for the community, health and wellness, children, mentorship, and music. And, uh, you know, and at any point in time, one of those things can take the priority, but all of them should work together. Just you got to program your day. I mean, I just never understood if you have an amazing club or a venue, why would you only want it open from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m.? I mean, that's a valid point. You know, it is. It's really interesting. I mean, it does. It combines his interests. He's a blues musician, and he's a phys- he and his wife are he's the blues and- doctor. He's the blues doctor. <laughs> Get yeah. it right, Dennis. Um, sh- uh, Chicago Slim, um, <laughs> but he has these interests yeah. and and wants to pursue them. But he also he wants to bring in grants and philanthropy to support all of this. And um, and you know it does make an awful lot of sense. Why shut down at five six p.m. because all your healthcare programs are done when you've got this beautiful auditorium? A couple of the programs that I'm talking with, one of them is a, uh, 
a female young girl empowerment and mentorship program. They do it through basketball. And having uh, an area up here during the day where seniors could have group physical therapy sessions. Um, you know, right now there's a lot of shortage and need for seniors who are deconditioned to get moving. And uh, this is a great open space where you could do uh, uh, aerobics, you could do spinning, and then afterwards you could set this up as a basketball court. It's good to hear his explanation as to the why yeah. right, behind all, the, all of these choices. It is. It's really fascinating. I mean, it's all it's sort of one organic bundle and and pretty fascinating. And so he's not going to make a lot of changes when we talk about rehabbing the building. He's not talking about, for example, putting in a basketball gym where there was a ballroom, but adapting the ballroom to become, among other things, a basketball gym. Mm -hmm. The I mentioned uh, the auditorium space looks more like an auditorium than a church, but you can't mistake it for a church because there's this giant mural of Jesus with his arms upstretched above the stage. Mm -hmm. It's by Louis Grell. It was, it's actually later than when the building was built. It was built in 1959. It, it has a title that is kind of like um, Dan Ivankovich's, could be his slogan. Yeah. The title of the mural is Keep Looking Up. Um, and so he's going to keep that. And, you know, we were talking about music performance on the stage. And so what he said is during the day, we've got lectures, that sort of stuff. And at night, God's house is going to rock. Oh, wow. Very interesting. Is this all a Dan's money that's being used to, to fund these projects? I'm it curious. is not. He, he wasn't specific, but he did tell me it's not his money. He has investors. He pulled together investors, like-minded people, uh -huh. who helped pay the $2 million to buy the building. Uh, hasn't yet estimated the cost of rehab, but investors would be involved there as well. It seems to me that it's probably as much as the cost of the building, given how much has to happen. And then he expects to have a budget of about half a million to a million dollars a year to operate the place when everything is up and running. Mm -hmm. That, too, would be supported by grants, by, by ticket fees, for example, to concerts, and by a cash infusion from him. But he, as he explains it, he would really be the minor part of the fund. I see. Any other... Uh... Any other signs that there are parallels between Dan's vision and, and Preston Bradley's legacy here? Uh, yeah, you know, even on the very on the front door of the building, there there is a parallel. <laughs> There's a poster hanging on the door that quotes from the prayer that Preston Bradley gave when the building was opened on October first, nineteen twenty six. And among other things, Preston Bradley said that he hopes the church may always be an open door to the downtrodden and the broken and the bruised and the bleeding. Wow. Those are the people, uh, Dan used the term people, the shutouts, people who have been shut out and mm -hmm. how he wants to be available to absolutely everyone. They need to do that in a physical way. This building was built in 1926. He needs to adapt it to handle yeah. the Americans with Disabilities Act. But in a more philosophical way, he I sort of feel like he's almost channeling uh, Preston Bradley. And he actually said... There's a, a sculpture of Preston Bradley sort of in a storage room. And, yeah. and when we were there, he said, Dan um, said, yeah, I think if he were still alive, we'd be drinking buddies. How long does he think it's going to take to get all these things up and running, these new projects? Several years. Once again, they just they just bought it within the last several weeks. Yeah. And he's still talking to architects about ab everything that has to be done. So they don't have a start date, which means they don't have an ending date. And, and doing it in phases, doing the different program spaces before they do the auditorium. So it's likely to be a few years, though we may see pieces of it up and running sooner than that. That was Dennis Rodkin, reporter for Crane's Chicago Business. Very interesting. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks, Sasha.